Welcome back, everybody. This is True North Talk. I'm Peter Burtnett with co-host Joe Staten. And so for the, for this episode, which is now episode 22, we're going to be talking about, we're going to be reading through Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14, and we're going to be talking about just some, um, talking about uh, praise, the, the sub subheading for this is praise for spiritual blessings in Christ, but we're also going to be going into um, apologetics later, um, and we'll kind of describe exactly what that what that means later. But um, I guess I mean we just get right into it. Unless you have you have something to add, Joe? Uh, not really. Just want to uh, emphasize that we understand what episode number it is this time around. So uh, <laughs> welcome to episode twenty two, everybody. Like I said, it's good to be back uh, with the homie. I want to shout out Peter today. He just got featured on ESPN. Um. Peter, do you want to go ahead and explain that real quick, what happened? Yeah, so uh don't want to toot my horn too much here, um, but I was... No, bro, was this is your a, time. Toot that horn. I guess. Hashtag toot <laughs> that horn. Yeah, uh, I was at a football game like I am on Friday nights, um, high school football game, and it was the game was a blowout. It was the two teams in Bellevue out here in Nebraska, um, and the one team ended up winning 49 to nothing, and one of those touchdowns, one of their receivers... Um, his name is Isaiah McMorris. He made a fantastic catch. He mossed the Bellevue East defender uh, and then ran it in for a touchdown. And so if you, if you don't know, there's a segment on ESPN Sunday, ESPN NFL Sunday countdown where they, you know, just kind of preview the games ahead. And one of the segments that they have on there is you got mossed um, for, for Randy Moss, who made several catches where basically what getting mossed is, is when you, reach over the defender and kind of like catch it on the defender's head or over the defender's head basically. And so um, I took a video of that touchdown because I uh, live tweet games and put together threads and everything. Um, And so that video ended up getting picked up by ESPN, I guess. And yeah, and it was featured, featured on Sunday countdown. So pretty cool moment. Uh, I got to say though, more credit to to the kid who made the catch, Isaiah McMorris. It was a, it was a really great, great catch. And I, Honestly, it was just fortunate to to be there with the camera. There you go. I got a me and Peter were talking after church today, uh, just kind of running through the podcast plan and just checking in. Um, but yeah, it was cool to hear that, bro. Like I told you, you know, just one step at a time. I think anything, uh, any big goal you have in life, you kind of you got to take it day by day, and you know, understand that success is a process and. You know, um, Peter and I have had conversations about some pretty lofty goals we have, and um, this is hopefully just one step in that direction for you, you know, in that career field, especially. Yeah, well, and but, uh, yeah, just, I, I, just I want to shout you shout out, that too. out. Give you a little, little bit of, of credit here, too, for getting into the into that program at Liberty, and I'll, I'll give you the floor now to kind of share, share about that opportunity because that's a, a big, big step towards, you know, one of your goals. Yeah, I mean, so uh, first of all, thank you, but uh, I'm sure everybody knows by now who's listening to this. Maybe we have some new listeners, but uh, I'll be attending Liberty University in Virginia uh, studying uh, public policy. So that'll, that program started in January. And as Peter knows, I've, um, you know, I went to college and went to like a smaller college and um, there's just so many opportunities at Liberty that I'm excited to be able to like, you know, to use. I mean, all the different things. I'm sure your Peter is more familiar than I am, like going to a bigger school. He went to Dayton. So, um, I just never was able to experience that. And even high school, uh, 
um, was cut short for me. I had two and a half years of high school. So I am absolutely itching to get that experience and just see what that campus has to offer, you know, meeting people and, and studying towards something that I've uh, been passionate about since I was a child. And Peter can definitely vouch for me on that one since the old days at Liberty in high school. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> With the notorious definitely. election that took place <laughs> that year. Oh, yeah. That was that was a prime moment for uh, American politics back in, in 2016. That was probably probably the peak of, of interest in politics, you know, on all across the board, really. Oh, yeah. It was, it was a crazy time to be alive yeah. that's for sure definitely and i'm but, i'm uh, getting a little one more quick thing and then we need, probably need to get into this is i'm feeling a little bit of 2016 vibes the way my cleveland baseball team is playing right now i'm not sure if you saw that but they need they, they need a little bit of, of of hitting but they they've had they had enough to get past the rays and sorry sorry dad if you're listening to this my dad's become a big rays fan and obviously they're they're in florida now so um rays over cleveland yeah <laughs> Wow! I always give him a little. That's bit a Benedict of, Arnold of move there, that, but yeah, but he's a man. He's a hometown he's, trader. We don't like that around here. Come on, Mike. <laughs> well, he's he's still he's rooting for the Guardians. I'm disappointed. Now, so, yeah. <laughs> you have to tell him next time you talk to him. I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed. I'm you kind of caught me off guard with that one. Wow. <laughs> I will, but I, I I probably have too much telling him the same thing. So maybe I'll, I'll uh, ease up a little bit, but. I think he's right. always just he, he loves Florida. He loves the the warmth and you know, as somebody for for him, he was stuck in Cleveland for 30, you know, 30 something years of his life. So, he he's learned to really embrace and enjoy Florida. And also when we lived down there the first time, they made the World Series. So, I think that's probably a little bit of a, a reason for why uh, he enjoys the team and also another one that he said is because they you know, not like the unlike the Yankees, Red Sox or Dodgers, they don't just spend a b- bunch of money to buy the best players. Yeah, but another note on that is something I'm watching is uh, the Mets Padres series. It's going to be a good one. It's going to. I know the the Padres took game one. Did you able to were you able to catch those games, one and two? Um, I didn't really watch the first one, and I was I was kind of half watching the, um, the game yesterday because I'm unfortunately my second my second team is the Cardinals, and they got bounced in. In kind of embarrassing fashion. First game, they gave up six runs after being ahead two nothing in the ninth, and then yesterday they just got completely shut down, lost two to nothing. So that one's disappointing. But Cleveland, Cleveland is my number one team, so I'm definitely more happy than than disappointed today. Yeah. Um, well, I do want to say keep your eye on that game tonight, seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. Padres at Mets, game three of the wild card series. So it's yep, um, only game three. It's gonna. It's going to be a big one. And and when was that changed over? Because I know the MLB used to be a one-game playoff for the wild card, didn't it? So uh, starting in 2020, because of the shortened COVID season and everything, they went to um, this wild card thing. And it just kind of, you know, myself included, baseball fans kind of embraced it and enjoyed it. Because before in 2019, and I think this started in 2012 or maybe, two, yeah, I think 2012, there was a one game wild card and then that got moved up to three and they also added what two two i think two teams per league um or maybe just maybe just added one but it gave the opportunity for an extra series and so right now it's it's basically the same 
as the NFL playoff formats. You got six teams from both leagues. And again, that started in 2020, um, the the new three-game wild cards. Okay. I mean, I like that. Yeah, I do too. I do like the three-game. It's... I will say though, I did like the one game too because it, it put so much emphasis on that game. It was such a big game to play, but I think one yeah, game is just a little bit too short to hinge the whole mm-hmm. season on. So I, like I wouldn't the be surprised. Move. All leagues are really expanding playoffs. You've seen the NBA with the play-in, and even the NFL recently went to seven teams. Actually, I was saying they had the six-team format like the NFL, but even the NFL has gone bigger now too. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if the MLB maybe goes to seven teams and maybe. I don't know. I think I think at this point they probably stick with. I think maybe if they went to like, I don't know. I can get into really explaining this, but um, like if they went to eight teams, the three, maybe the three division winners are automatically they're automatically in and get a buy, and then you have like three automatic wild cards, and then maybe you have the seven and eight teams play um, a one game to see who gets in, kind of like the playoff the the playing games in the NBA but that's a whole right. that's a whole another long rabbit trail to go down bottom line is we are seeing uh more playoff teams nowadays which I like to see that and we're yeah, well, see and, that and with, it's coming uh, in college football too college football too yep yep just about to say that so I'm watching <laughs> the Mets tonight I'm a, I'm a I'm a Mets fan by random choice it's one of the, it's the classic uh randomly as a kid you pick up a team you like and start following them so that's that's, that's that was the cardinals right that, that's the cardinals for me yeah again i mean for, Which, for both the of cardinals us the, lost didn't they yeah that's what yeah they like I, I was saying earlier it was kind of embarrassing the way they lost to the phillies but for us obviously our hometown teams are cleveland and detroit so we kind of we kind of don't have a choice we kind of have to root for those teams um and obviously both of us have and had I, good, I mean good and bad years uh, for with those teams. i like the tigers enough though like i enjoy rooting right. for them when they're good you know, that's my team for the sure, Mets but second team one, is definitely though? the Mets. Oh, Mets are second. So, yeah, no, Mets, ex- Mets are yeah. number two. Yeah, so that's the same as me. Guardians are number one and Cardinals are number two. And then from from when we lived in Florida, I kind of adopted the, the Rays a little bit too. Not as not as much as my dad, though. It's kind of cool seeing the uh, um, Scherzer, though, connection to the Mets because he used to pitch for Detroit back when he was first getting popular. So. Right, right. Seeing him, he might have even won a Cy Young there, or got really close to winning one. Uh, I think he did win a Cy Young in Detroit. Yeah, I think he did. I know he he had the most wins in the AL. Was he on that 2012 staff when you guys made the World Series? Obviously, that didn't end well, but you had a really good pitching staff, like him and Verlander. Yeah, I believe he was. It was Scherzer, Verlander, Rick Porcello. Yep. Um, I think we still had Anibal Sanchez when he was doing really good. Yep. I remember all so those names. It's funny going back and, you know, some of the names that you wouldn't really think of, but once you start talking about those teams, they're like, you know, you can think of them right away. It's something I definitely miss. I, growing up, the Tigers were really good, and it's, um, I feel like I took it for granted, you know? <laughs> yeah. Took it for, for me, granted, it was, and I haven't seen it back in the playoffs in a long time. Yeah, for me, there was there was one outlier year, 2007, where the, the, Indi- the then Indians made the ALCS. Um. And, but then after that, for a while, they struggled. Then they made the playoffs again in 2013. So for me, it was more my teenage years, and I guess still it's being continued. Thankfully, that the that the Cleveland baseball franchise has has had some pretty good years. So it seems like in that division, teams kind of go through stretches, and it seems like a lot of times it's either the 
it's either the you know the Cleveland Cleveland or Detroit that go through long stretches of of winning the division a lot, and then the White Sox, Twins, and Royals have a few years here and there. Yeah, yeah, it does seem like that. I, I miss the uh, the rivalry though between the Indians and Tigers. That was there were some good years in there. It's more of like a you guys have been dominating recently for sure. Yeah, there, there were some years though, like late or early 2010s where you you guys definitely dominated so like i said kind of it goes in in waves and who knows in a few years it might be the tigers back at the top yeah it should i mean we'll see how how much more incompetent you can get than they've been but yeah there's not really anywhere to go but up so (laughs) we'll see about that one yeah but uh yeah we should probably get started bro in the in the actual topic like we've yeah, been definitely. a little randomly bit all trailing, over the place, but, but that's cool. That's, it, it was more. Good. It was at least. It was at least pretty much focused on sports. But I think it is time to shift focus into into something that's a little, just a little bit more important, don't you think? Uh, I mean, t- ten minutes of tooting our own horn. I can do that some more if you want. If you really wanted to, <laughs> it's, it's up to us. Yeah. Uh, only question I have now is if you want to read this or if I should. What the uh, intro Ephesians or the pa- the scripture? The Ephesians passage. Did we even intro the like what we're going to be going through today? I don't even think we got to that, did we? Yeah, I, I did kind of at the beginning. I I said you know the subhead for this is praise for spiritual blessings in Christ, and we're going to get into talking about apologetics later. Okay, all right, yeah, we can go ahead and do it then. So uh, we're going to be reading out of Ephesians today, Ephesians one three to fourteen. So I will mm-hmm. go ahead and read that. Um, and we can start talking about it. So again, Ephesians 1, 3 through thir- 14. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works everything out in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in, a, in, with, in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are in God's possession to the praise of his glory. That's a pretty... pretty uh I guess inspiring or encouraging passage. What are what? What's your first takeaway from that, Joe? Um, couple things. Like I said, I I uh, was recently have a conversation with uh, people at work about uh, the idea of like Christianity in general. And honestly, I'm just going to go right into that thing I was telling you about earlier. So, okay. the idea of uh, like being able to give an account for our faith. Um, so. I was at work and I was having a conversation with a coworker, two coworkers. One of them was a Christian man who claimed to be a Christian. And the other person was like a Muslim person. 
So this Muslim person was asking, like, I hear so many Christians, like, I meet so many people that are Christians, they say they're Christians, and they give a different, like, like, why does the Bible change so much? Everybody has a different answer of what Christianity is about. What changes? And I was like, well, I tried to concisely explain to her. I said, well, it all boils down to what's actually in the Bible. All these other rules and everything, you know, there's different denominations, but that doesn't really matter. The core tenets of the gospel is that Jesus died for our sins, and it was God's Son who died innocently for our sins to save us from our sin so that we don't have to pay the payment of death, the second death for our sin. And the Christian coworker I had um, who claimed to be Christian said that he didn't believe that Jesus was God. He's like, well, I don't think Jesus is God. I think he was God's son. And I didn't really know what to say because I was like, something that critical to the gospel is something we all should know as Christians. And this man said he went to church, um, you know, everything like, you know, tried to read his Bible but stuff like that, I think, is like detrimental when we're trying to spread the gospel. And when I read in this, um, verse 7, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Um, that one verse right there almost encompasses the purpose of Jesus. Yeah. But it was... I guess the first point I want to I want to bring up and see what you think about this is like, how do we miss something so critical to the gospel? Like the simplicity of Jesus's death and resurrection. I don't understand how people miss that. You know, I, I don't. <laughs> how how do you not know that Jesus is God? I don't I don't understand. My answer to that would be first of all, the reason that. Your, your your Muslim friend was saying, you know, why do people have so many like different answers and everything for faith is because we all have, you know, whether we try try to or not, we all have our own interpretations of scripture. But like like you said while you were while you were talking there, um, you know, at the base, it's, it really just matters what the scripture itself says. It doesn't matter what we think about it. It's what's written, you know, and inspired by God, by God and the Holy Spirit. Um and sometimes through through the mouth of Jesus, obviously in the Gospels, um, that you know that's what matters. It's not even. It's really not even what you know, what your pastor has to say about it on Sunday mornings, or what your what your you know fellow Christian brothers and sisters have you know that they think about it. It really just matters what's what's written in the Scripture. Um, and then what what was your what was your other what was your question then? I was just taken back by, right? you know, the inability for somebody to express why they're a Christian. Mm-hmm. And if something so major as, you know, the understanding that Jesus was God and proclaimed to be God, the fact that that's, that can even be believed by somebody that goes to church actively. Like that just mm-hmm. tells me that we're failing as a church to even tell our own people what the truth of the word is. You know, like I presented, uh, John 10, I think 30 says when Jesus says like the father and I are one. And, uh, I think John eight, when he said before Abraham was, I am. And I was like, right there is Jesus saying he's God, you know, and that's the entirety of his sacrifice was him, you know, becoming fully man and fully God at once and dying innocently and overcoming death Mm -hmm. like that. Um, that is the entire 
purpose behind the gospel. So I was just, I was taken back by that. But the second thing is like, I think that, um, uh, it's so important for us to be able to like give an account and give a simple account to people who ask why, like whether it's a Muslim person or just an unbeliever or somebody who says they're spiritual, they're, they're seeking God. I think we need to be able to give a, an account that's simple enough to understand and explain it effectively. Um, because I've heard people say like, I'm not an evangelist. I wasn't put here to evangelize, but I think the fact is like we're put here to serve God and also to spread his word and to save others. Like, I think everybody should be able to evangelize and give a reason why you're a Christian. And I think verse seven puts that simply, but do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. You, you mentioned like how to, how to share it. Cause we, that was actually what the, the message was about in, in church for me this, this morning. And it was, you know, just that it, it really is simple and it doesn't have to be, you know, you going out to, to a street corner and just, just reading from the scripture and, you know, what, what we sometimes see. And I, I know I, I saw it like even at, even at the university of Dayton, like there'd be people out on the street corner. And a lot of times, sometimes people who take the, a lot of times people who take that route kind of go with the, uh, you know, you're, you're condemned, you're, you're damned to hell if you don't, you don't come to Jesus. And that's, that's not what we're supposed to do. I, and I'm going to have to try to remember what, there are three main points. And I know the first one is, is to understand that God is already at work in, even in non-believers' hearts. Um, and another thing is if, if it ever comes up in the conversation of, you know, of God and they're asking questions and genuinely curious about it, then it means that they're already interested in some way. And so you don't have to feel intimidated and be like, you know, should I share this with this person? Do they, do they actually want to know this? If if they're asking you about it, it means they are definitely at least curious and they want to hear about it. And so that's, that's the opportunity for you again, like you said, to just share the simple message that Ephesians chapter one, verse seven says that, uh, in, in Jesus, we have, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. It really is as simple as that. And obviously, you know, there are, you can go a little bit more in depth by, you know, using other passages and stuff like that, um, such as, you know, the, the wages of sin is death. Um, and I know that that might sound a little bit discouraging, but again, if people are in regular conversation asking you about that, it means they're probably willing to, to hear whatever the truth is. So I think, yeah, I think it's just, some people think it's so much more complicated or so much more intimidating than it really is to, you know, just, and again, it doesn't even always have to be through the words that you say. Sometimes it's just through the way that you live your life. And then, and then you probably, you you will, you might have an opportunity when that person is like, you know, they notice that you're different and maybe eventually they, you know, hopefully by the way you live, they even, they know you're a Christian without you even having to tell them, but maybe they, they, they do ask you, you know, why are you, why are you, why are you, why do you live the way that you do? And then that's an opportunity to share again, this message. And so that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's my thoughts. Yeah. I think also, uh, you know, what comes to mind is, uh, I looked it up here, Hosea four, six, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast reject, rejected knowledge. I'll also reject thee. Um, I think, uh, a lot of the fear that comes from people asking or people saying, I'm not an evangelist. I don't know how to evangelize. I wasn't put here to evangelize. It's really just coming from a, a, 
a place of fear because they don't have, they feel like they don't have all the knowledge they need to go effectively spread the gospel. Um, and that's why like, um, it's so important to be in the word and to remember the word and memorize it. Even if you can't like word for word, memorize stuff, at least knowing where stuff is at and, um, defaulting to that when somebody asks you a question, because for example, the guy who thought Jesus was not God. I mean, I knew clearly I knew that, that Jesus is God. He, he claimed to be God, but I also knew, you know, where those were located so that I could just pretty quickly pull it up for him and say, Hey, this is what the word says. And I, I would, I would like to have that stuff memorized, but having that knowledge of where it's at definitely helps you. Um, but also, also to the point of simplicity. Um, as I said, I believe we're all, um, meant to evangelize. And I think that's the case because it is pretty easy. And, and this, little section right here that we just read, um, verse six and seven, you could really give those verses to anybody who asks you why you're a Christian. And those two verses should be able to give a pretty good reason for it. Two sentences. Um, and there's, you know, everything stems from, as we were saying last week, like the ultimate sin, which is rejecting Christ Hmm. and the kind of like the opposite manner, everything that comes with following Christ starts with faith. So once you have faith, you know, all these other things will fall into place and they should fall into place. If you have actual faith, like doing good works, um, you know, the gifts of the spirit, you talk about baptism, all these things will, um, you'll desire them. But the, the starting point is faith and understanding why you need Christ because he died for your sins because we are sinful. Right. So, um, yeah, just having that simplicity stuck out to me. Not sure uh, what stuck out to you about this passage, but that's definitely jumped out at me. Yeah, and sort of shifting gears, but kind of keeping it along the the same the same path. What was kind of one of the points of emphasis, and this for me was uh, not today, but last Sunday that that we uh, that the pastor talked said this message. But this also shows people who maybe you know a lot of people in this world don't see themselves as having any value. They they just see themselves as, you know, so another random person on this floating rock in a vast, unending universe. But uh, this this passage, and this this is what, what the pastor was saying, and I definitely agree with agree with him based on what this says, is that we we have value in in the the sacrifice that, that Jesus paid for for us. I mean Think about that. He was the the son of God. He was living in glorious splendor in heaven, and he still, you know, as as part of God's plan, God the Father's plan, he came down to earth like like you said earlier. He lived a sinless, perfect life, and then he died on the cross to to save us of our sins, and he he rose again to give us life everlasting. Um, and I mean, right, right there again was, you know, for, for people who maybe aren't Christians, what I just said there, that's, that's the message of the gospel too. Again, it really, back to the simplicity thing, it is simple, but this, this passage, especially, you know, verse three is, is giving, giving praise to, to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And then starting in verse four, 
I guess through through verse five, really, and even kind of through verse six. But for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. So for anybody listening and myself and Joe included, if there are ever times where we go through this, if you feel like you're of no value or you feel like you're just another random person on this earth living a random meaningless life, my encouragement to you is not to think that way because this this right here shows that the the God of the universe who created all of the universe chose you to be to be holy and blameless and to be to be adopted to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will so it's it's not like something either that God is like oh I have to do this oh this this is disappointing and unfortunate I don't want to do this it it aligns with his pleasure and will and so I think that's that's why I want to talk about this and because I mean honestly we were also kind of trying to think of what we would talk about for our next podcast and I think it just lined up perfectly um to 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 talk about this passage and that's that's what I got out of it the main point I'm we've talked about this before it's always nice when we have two different kind of takeaways because we can talk about one and then we can spend a good amount of time talking about the other two um and so yeah that's that's my takeaway from this um and the rest of the passage kind of goes along with it that we were valuable in God's eyes and he Jesus gave his life for us. And so I think that's just really encouraging through times in our lives, like I said, where maybe we don't feel valuable or we just kind of feel down or whatever. There's there's hope and there's there's a God who loves us and who gave up everything for us. Yeah, and to your point about um, people who feel worthless, that's also another point of emphasis when you're talking to those who aren't saved because mm-hmm. when you ask somebody why like if you ask an unbeliever why a human being is valuable what they'll tell you is because we're all human beings and we're all on this earth and you know we um we're unique beings and that's why we ha- we have value but that really doesn't give us value honestly if you really think about it in an atheistic worldview without god there is no value because everything is meaningless there's no point to all this there's no meaning of life yep so really we're just all like floating, like, you know, collections of atoms with no meaning. So what, what says that somebody else like is worth something or that I'm worth something? Well, as Christians, we have confidence in knowing why each other's valuable. And it's, it's an innate feeling inside of us. God gives us a conscience that, um, speaks to us and tells us clearly we are all valuable. Human beings have value, obviously. And we know it inside of us. It's an, it's an innate feeling. But why is that? Because God created mankind in his image, you know, and, and that gives every individual human being inherent value. They are an image bearer of God that should not be defiled. They should not be harmed. They should not be anything. So an unbeliever is somebody who, without that understanding, they, they really can't articulate a reasonable position as to why somebody's valuable. You need God for that reasoning. So I, yeah, I think that's a great point. I think that was a great point that you uh, brought up there from the readings, for sure. Yeah, well, and, and you you finished it up, put a put a cherry on top there about, you know that that it is, you know, just that's that's where value comes from, and that's, you know, that's why we we need we need God, why human beings need God to 
to give them hope and to give them to give them meaning and to to give us life and i think i think this passage is a really good indicator of that and again it's it's also i mean most most passages in scripture are pretty versatile but this is this is another one that kind of kind of shows that and again i was just kind of reading over this last one while you were while you were talking there also it's verse um trying to see i guess 13 through 14 i'll just read that and you were also include you also were included in christ when you heard the message of truth the gospel of your salvation when you believed you were marked in him with a seal the promised holy spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are in god's possession to the praise of his glory and so again this that that part kind of gives us a hope to look forward to and again kind of gives us gives us meaning and and that we have you know a deposit of this this promise promise of an inheritance um to to the praise of of God's glory and so i think again that's hope and encouragement and um really valuable yeah i think that's the main theme of this section here honestly is uh like encouragement and just uh really a positive outlook on life you know it's all about um you know, in love, he predestined us for adoption, you know, like adopting into a family, you know, yep. the church. And, uh, I also saw twice or three times even language that is like predestination. It's interesting. So again, we're visiting this theme of, of predestination, which <laughs> <laughs> there's just, uh, so many different perspectives on, and I'm, yep. I'm still, uh, you know, perplex myself on how predestination and free will coexist. Cause in my opinion, they do, they have to, I there's, agree. There's and scripture I think that's, on both of them. I don't think it is good to often use this as an answer, but I believe it is maybe one of those things that we're as humans, just not designed to completely understand, you know? Right. Like he, the way I like to think about it is, God's plan is there and he knows what each of us is going to choose, but he gives us at least an an idea that we have a say in the matter. So, and even that is kind of like that, then that sounds more like it's just predestination when I'm thinking about it. So I, again, I think maybe it's just one of those things where we're not meant to know. And maybe because of that, that's why we witness to everybody because we don't know who he's who he's chosen and so it maybe that's you know the reason maybe that's god's reasoning behind it is for us to realize that we don't fully understand it and because of that we don't know who he's chosen and so we need to witness to everybody because as i think i we we said this in the podcast specifically on predestination versus free will we don't know we don't know who god has chosen to be saved and so we just need to witness to everybody as if they have been and you know, you know what kind of blows my mind about this? It, you know, we were talking on the phone earlier about like the butterfly effect and how every little thing matters in life. Every decision mm-hmm. you make really affects everything else for the rest of your life. It almost yep. makes you believe like we, there has to be some sort of predestination just considering how many infinite solutions there are and infinite possibilities based on every single decision you make, every single word mm-hmm. you speak has a ripple effect throughout history. 
in your life and how it plays out. And, uh, I mean, it's just crazy to think about because like every time you make a decision in life, you're, that's going to affect, you know, a million different possibilities in what you're going to do in your future. Like if I decided to wake up at a different time today, I might not have interacted with a certain person at a certain time and said something to them that changed their life or, you know, avoided a car accident or you just never know. Like Hmm. that's what makes me think God being the all powerful being that he is, he has to have some sort of control which he does it says right here but like for people that say that you know it's just free will no predestination which i don't know how you ignore scripture but even if you do ignore the scripture and still hold that position there there's just no way that in this universe with how many different things are going on at one time there's just no way that there's not an element of control in there you know that's that's i don't know that's my takeaway on that not sure what you think about that yeah and and then on the flip side i know there also is this difficult discussion of you know why would a loving god choose some people not to be saved you know and that's a question that's really honestly hard to answer and i i I know sometimes a shortcoming of of christians from a worldly perspective is that sometimes we just we don't really give a concrete answer and so i'm a little remiss with the fact that we I can't really give an answer for that, but I think, yeah, that's another difficult part of this discussion because if he, if he does, if it is predestination, then why, why are some people not chosen? Yeah. I mean, I I don't, I think about that verse we read last week about the Holy spirit where it says, you know, the Holy spirit searches even the depths of, uh, you know, God's mind or something like that. And it's like, Mm -hmm. Uh, there's just no possible way for us humans to comprehend how something like that would work, how the concept of that even works. Yep. It's just too, too large in the same, in the same sense as like eternity, hmm. you know, cause when you think about it, I, I, I always have this thought like we're, we are human beings and there was a beginning to all this. Like once you go back to the very beginning, what's before that? Like there has to be something before it. Yeah. How do you explain God's existence without something coming before it. You just, you cannot understand that. Like I don't, no matter what explanation we got, even if God told us in the Bible, like exactly how he came into existence or how he's always existed in eternity, we still would not understand it. There's just no way because we were created beings. He said before all else existed, I am. So that's, 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 that's that's it. That's the explanation and our human minds simply can't, can't comprehend that. Right, like imagine if you uh, ask your dad, like, "Hey, uh, how did you, you know, how did you come into existence?" And he says, "Before Peter was, I am." <laughs> <laughs> you say, it "What do you mean? That sense. doesn't make any sense." Right, but it's true. Yeah, my my question for you is: Are you able to kind of get get your mind around the fact that there's no end? Because I, I kind of agree. I think it's really difficult to understand that there was no start to to god's existence but is it is it kind of the same with you when you think about that there's no end to it or is that one a little bit easier to wrap your mind around um it's it's easier for me to try to comprehend that because you know we already exist and we haven't seen the end of our own lives yet yep so right now it seems like you know when you're young it it seems like you you don't ever think about death because it seems so far away Mm -hmm. so 
existing is all I know. So it seems like, oh, it, it seems like an understandable concept for sure. A lot easier than something having existed forever without being created. That doesn't make any yeah. sense to me. Yep, I agree. But even if you go like, even if you don't believe in God, you still have to think about that. Because what, what was the very beginning? If it wasn't God, what was it? It was something. It yeah, was if, something. If it was, if it was the, the Big Bang, what... You know what was there before that? Before those atoms or whatever that they what they, what they collided or whatever to create create the universe. But how did those how did those atoms get there? You know. And then how did whatever created those atoms get there? Like, isn't just no right. end to it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That that's the only thing that makes me think like we could be in a simulation. But hmm. even in the simulation theory, who created the simulators that created the simulation? Yeah, well, and sometimes when I hear people say that we live in a simulation, I'm almost like, yeah, kind of. It's a, it's a simulation that's that's run by God, <laughs> in a way. Yeah, I mean, our spirits exactly are in these the bodies that are not like, you know, they're they're they almost are like simulation machines. Yeah, I mean, like a, like a playable you know, vid- like a play- playable character in a video game. You know, I mean, I've actually heard people. Uh, describe like you should view your life kind of as a video game and like some of the same strategies you can apply so in video no re- games there's no like respawning character <laughs> exactly <laughs> but uh i mean in some ways though you kind of for example like if you're chasing a goal you you kind of have to set up your life in a way like a video game like how am i gonna level up in this area in this area yeah. you know well, and there are like, there are many... there are quests and side quests in our lives too you said side quests? Quests and side quests, yeah. Do you have any ideas on examples of that? Um, well, I would say the main quest is... I mean, okay, if, we're, if we're getting into it as a Christian, it's to, you know, share, share the reason for the hope that we have. But then a side quest maybe would be, you know, to be, to be featured on ESPN or to get into Liberty University. But at the same time, those mm, are both kind okay. of main quests for us at this at this time too. So, yeah, those are more of main quests. But in the large picture, <laughs> it might be a it might be a side quest if you look back on it. For yeah, sure. exactly. That's that's true. Yeah, for a, a first step in a very long process. Yeah, that's going to be the title of this episode. Treat your life as if it's a video game. Yeah. Ephesians one through <laughs> one three through sixteen. Yeah. Or whatever it was, three through fourteen. Was it sixteen? We just read through fourteen. Although I've been looking at this, fifteen and sixteen are, are are a couple good verses too. For this reason, ever since I have heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. So this would be Paul's message to the Ephesian church of encouragement and saying that he's thankful for them. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, yeah even though that wasn't intended, that's three through sixteen is is a good a good passage. Three three through sixteen again, John three sixteen. We're seeing these numbers pop up again, bro. There you go. Yeah, I mean we know There's something with the numbers. I'm telling you. Yeah, three is very important in faith, but yeah, three sixteen tends to be also. Yeah, I know. Uh, I was reading a book this week uh, about the history of the world and. Uh, I know that the Hebrew alphabet is numerical in nature. Like it's uh, like the Hebrew texts of the Old Testament 
are written in a manner in which there are like messages within the text itself, like outside of even like the text, what it says, Hmm. you know, there's, there are numerical messages in like these formations. Like you said, they're in threes, like 33 is one of them, like seven, like for the days of creation. Um, Hmm. So it's, uh, I'd like to research that more and figure out what kind of stuff is in there. I feel like there's definitely some, some more depth to the text. Yeah, I mean we've we we've done a we've done the, a brief name series. Maybe we could do a numbers a numbers episode or a mini series. That would be an interesting idea there. Yeah, that's Might let's just have to do that. Put that one down, yeah. Think about that one. Yeah, but did you have any any other uh takeaways from this? I don't think so. I think it's the the two big ones are the simplicity and the importance of sharing sharing the the good news and also you know and it kind of ties in is the value that we have and so you can kind of put those two together and tell people about the value that they have in the sacrifice of Jesus and at the same time then you're also witnessing to them so i think it ties in really beautifully and you know, the passage also just talks about how we're blessed um blessed through Christ and so i think it's yeah, I think it's a really encouraging passage and also a little bit um, convicting, too, to make sure that we are sharing what it says in verse 13, the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Yeah, I think it's a, it's almost a complete picture of uh, the way to the way to tell others about God is in this mm-hmm. passage here. I mean, it encompasses why we need God, uh, what he did for us, and... Yeah, I mean, I know, I know you had. I don't know if you had like a main theme you wanted to, to use for this episode, but I think what I really mainly take away from this is just the importance of um, understanding why you have the faith you have, mm-hmm. understanding how to express that concisely, um, so that we can, you know, allow others to know God. Because if we can't give our, an account ourselves, we're going to run into major issues when we're talking to others. Hmm. For sure. But I think, I think that's it. You wanna, you wanna wrap it up with a, with a, with a prayer to finish it off. Yeah, for sure, I can do that. Okay. Dear Lord, uh, thank you for this day today. Thank you for, um, you know, the grace that you show us every single day to to give us your word to speak truth into our lives. And I just pray today for anybody listening to this episode, whether they're saved or not to, to realize the importance of um, reading your word every single day, the, the importance of being able to tell others about their faith and to, and to speak it confidently and proudly. Um, you know, you said if, if you're ashamed of me and deny me in front of others, I'll deny you. So I just pray that um, none of us would deny Christ for any reason. Um, and that we would, all be able to give be you know, have the confidence we need to talk to others about you, Lord. And I uh, just pray that everybody who listens to this episode will be blessed and that they will take something from today and apply it to their lives and continue to grow in their relationship with you. So just thank you again for this, this podcast and the ability to, to speak freely on our faith in this country. And just pray that um, um, we will continue to be able to have success and uh, speak to others about you, Lord. So in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, all right. Well, I think that's about it for episode 22. Yeah. 
thank you thank you everybody who who listened to to this episode please feel free to to give us a like wherever you're listening to this uh maybe a subscribe to the to the channel and thank you for listening this is peter and, and joe signing off peace out have a good week everybody peace